0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore netapp. app. So the, the theme of today, kind of, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I've just been trying not to see it or just kind of brushing it off, like, nah, that's not a thing. Clearly, some of you are not okay. Um... And look, I I kicked this whole thing off by jumping on the side of the pessimists saying, look, we got to acknowledge this is not just a loss, right? I that's how I started this whole thing, but it seems as though some of the the pessimists and maybe even some of you not I don't I don't really know, but some people have just gone completely off the deep. It's the only way that I can reconcile it. And I haven't actually seen a lot of this stuff. I just see a lot of responses and I feel like it's one of those things where the responses are people trying to sound smart and they're just saying things that nobody actually believes. But I keep seeing it and it's like, do people actually think this? Let me give you an example. I, I I've maybe I just thought they were joking and they're not, I don't know. I constantly see people on Twitter saying something to the effect of, you know, you guys are out of your mind. For thinking that we should start Jordan Love, it's like, dude, nobody wants to start Jordan Love. That doesn't even make sense. What are you talking about? It's been like three straight days of people saying, "Stop saying we're going to start Jordan Love. You guys are nuts." I thought nobody even liked Jordan Love. I thought the whole thing was that the guy's a bum. We shouldn't have drafted him. Now everybody wants to start him. Man, I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to be that guy that says, "Oh, same people that say this say this." How do you know it's the same people? It's literally not the same people. It's two separate groups of people. So it's entirely possible these are two separate groups. You got people who hate the Jordan Love pick and say he's a bum and I never want to see him play it. We should just trade him now. And a separate group that really likes him and maybe just hates Aaron Rodgers and he had one bad day, so we've got to put in Jordan Love. But I, I just I, it's it's one of those things I, I have a hard time I feel like I do a pretty good job of kind of dissecting an issue and and articulating my position on it. I don't even because I can't get inside your head. I can't form your opinion for you because I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't, I have no idea what to even do with this. And this is why the the best thing, and, I, and again, I'm drawing all kinds of conclusions here, and I'm putting words in your mouth, and obviously, again, I'm talking about, apparently, a very broad group of people because this isn't going away. I left it alone because I'm just like, this is one guy who said a thing. It's probably a, a it's probably just being a troll, you know, and people are taking it too seriously, like, just chill out. But it, it It keeps happening. The only thing I can think is that these are a group of people that are so absolutely distraught with a loss. And again, I understand it's a different kind of loss, but it's still just a loss. I mean, oh my goodness! This is the the first four games of the year were one of the best start, probably the best start for the Green Bay Packers in the history of the franchise. Then they lose, and now I'm seeing not only are some people not able to move on, and look, I've got the ultimate pessimist that that messages me every day. And I, listen, that, that doesn't bother me because I know that's just how he is. I didn't realize he's got an army behind him. I didn't realize he's convinced half the fan base that what he's saying is right. The guy that told me yesterday we're going to go seven and nine. Apparently there's a large contingent of people that have just lost their mind. No offense, but come on. So first of all, let me start with this. The notion that the first time they play a good team, they get annihilated is stupid. The Vikings are not a bad team. They're they're a volatile team. You can point to a game and say, oh, really? Look at that game. You're telling me that's not the worst team in football? Okay, but look at these other games. They're a very volatile team. When they played the Green Bay Packers, you're looking at one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos in football that week. And don't act like you don't know Kirk Cousins and those two wide receivers can absolutely tear it up at times. But the Packers beat them, so what do we do? Oh, you haven't faced anybody yet. So then we go up against the Lions, a team that always gives the Packers a hard time. Maybe not necessarily a good team, but we're talking matchup here. This is a tough matchup for the Packers. The Packers annihilate the Lions. Yeah, well, you still haven't played anybody. Okay, now we go up against the Saints, one of the best teams in the NFC. Beat the Saints. Well, they're not the same team. You haven't played anybody yet. that That's only a retroactive statement. Have you noticed that? Every team is a big matchup. Until we beat them, then it wasn't a big matchup anymore. And Packer fans doing that are buying into the people that hate our team's narrative. It's stupid. It's a big team until we beat them, and then suddenly it wasn't a big team anymore. Because the fact that we beat them proves that they're not a very good team. That's stupid. Then we go up against the Falcons. Oh, they got the one of the best offenses in football. And then their offense can't do anything. And our offense annihilates their defense. Absolutely shred the Falcons. Well, that doesn't prove anything. The Falcons are garbage. Then we go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, I'm sorry, are not that good. Packer fans who want to believe the Packers are trash are trying to force the narrative that Tampa's one of the true elite teams in football to prove the point that when every time we go up against a good team, we get annihilated. It's only against garbage teams like the Saints and the Vikings that uh, you know get completely completely rolled over by the Packers. Give me a break. You know, the Bucs lost to the Saints 34 to 23, right? The Saints annihilated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat the Panthers, who are a joke. They beat the Broncos, who are a joke. And they barely beat the Chargers, who are a bad team. Then they lost to the Bears. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a good team. Now, I know, well, that, how does that make your argument any better? Because it's not about Tampa being the one good team we faced and we lost. It's about the Packers completely falling apart after a bye. And by the way... Shame on me for saying, no, they're going to be fine after the bye, because some people have been spelling this out. People in Wisconsin radio, people, uh, you know, fan bases reaching out, like, I don't know, after a bye, they're not real good. I'm nervous about this game, worried about this game. They were right. Not because of Tampa. I mean, and, and Tampa's not a terrible team. They're a good team. But they're clearly not an elite team. This is not about the Packers falling to the first good team that they've played. That's nonsense. They've played better teams than Tampa. This is about several issues within Green Bay that need to get corrected that happen to collide on this day, facing stiff defenses, right? Defenses that generate pressure, which they shouldn't have generated as much pressure, but our offensive line decided to fold. Elton Jenkins had a terrible day. Billy Turner had a terrible day. Aaron Rodgers had a terrible day. Devontae Adams had a terrible day. Not sure if MVS even played that day. I can't recall. Aaron Jones got 1.2 yards per carry because we decided we're only going to do outside zone when they have really fast linebackers that that our center can't reach. So obviously we can't block the linebackers. So it's failing from the beginning. Of course, when we run up the gut, our center just has to go up to the next level right in front of him. And he does a fantastic job run blocking. But we're going to get away from that because Matt LaFleur had a terrible day. And listen, Everybody on the Green Bay Packers is acknowledging this was a bad situation. First of all, the bye week wasn't like a normal bye week. Usually, you can go home, you can recharge your batteries, you can do all these things, and you're allowed to go to the gym, you're allowed to work out, you're allowed to do all that stuff. They weren't allowed to do anything. Everything was literally shut down. So while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are training, the Green Bay Packers are not. Because they're not allowed to, apparently, for some stupid reason. So what are they doing? They're sitting around playing video games, eating Chinese food. So again it was a perfect storm. And that I mean that, that that doesn't again that doesn't make everything okay. This is not acceptable, but but people are taking this way off into crazy land. Aaron Rodgers is the number 1 quarterback going into this game. Best start he's ever had ever. He got absolutely wrecked by a defensive coordinator that ran circles around our team. He ran circles around Matt LaFleur. He ran circles around our offensive line or our you know offensive coordinator everybody. He embarrassed the Green Bay Packers. As a result, he got to Rodgers a lot. He got inside his head, and Rodgers didn't have a good day. Gee, that sucks. Oh, well. And look, if if we lose to Houston, which I haven't analyzed the game yet, but I think it's a real possibility, I've been saying for a long time, I think Houston's a good team. Now, their defense is not very good, and obviously their offensive line is not very good, but I think they have one of the better, probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks in football. They're a team that I've been saying they're trying to win a different way. It's gonna take some time. They they're gonna plus they had one of the most difficult schedules of any team. Give it time. They're gonna put it together, and they have been. They've certainly not been perfect, but they won their first game after firing their head coach. But I but I also think it's a perfect rebound game. You're not gonna have this elite defense. I mean, J.J. Watt is still very good, but it's it's a, it's a lot easier to take one guy away because what what the Texans have is and I. I not that I know a lot about their defensive coordinator or any of that kind of stuff. By the way, Coach Hawn video coming at you hot. I'm going to try to post it in Flick Chat first just to be that kind of a guy. The guy that says, hey, I told you to get in. If you're not going to, then I guess you don't get to watch the video first. Ha ha. I'm going to be that guy. I don't know if it'll post in there. I know I can post like pictures, and, and I think I can do videos. I don't know if I can do a 10-minute video, but I'm going to try. And that's where I'm going to let it sit for a while. Then I think I'm going to put it on YouTube. Similar theory behind that. I told you all to get in on the YouTubes. And then uh, last but not least, I'll throw it up in the Facebook group slash or group page slash all the groups. But uh, yeah, Coach Hawn, 2.0 coming at ya. Actually, I think it'd be 3.0 because it's the third video. But let's look specifically at the, the Jordan Love thing. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers is just pure garbage. What in the world does Jordan Love do in this game? Under duress the entire game, what does he do? I mean, maybe he doesn't force throws to Devontae, or maybe he's panicked because he's never done this before. And he's kind of got a history of throwing to guys that are right there in the flat while cornerbacks are squatting on him. That's exactly how he got in so much trouble in his, his final year in college. So maybe he does throw a bunch of pick sixes. I, I don't know, but I don't understand. And, and listen, I'm a, I'm a Jordan Love proponent. I'm a fan. But I am I am so far from that right now for so many reasons. Number one, Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. He had a bad day, and that's problematic. You don't want him to go into these little fits of, like, I don't know what I'm doing. But they're pretty rare. And when defensive coordinators aren't completely ruining his brain, he tends to do quite well. Meaning, I expect him to bounce back in a big way. To a degree that Jordan Love is physically incapable of. Physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually incapable of being anything near what Aaron Rodgers is. I like the plan where he stays, by the way, our number three quarterback. He's number three on the depth chart. That's why when when we annihilate a team so badly that Aaron Rodgers sits on the bench... Jordan Love does not come out. Which, actually, I wonder if you could do that. Like, can you just tell your number two to sit and bring your number three out? Because I feel like, okay, I get why Boyle's the number two, because he's the guy you would trust if, like, Rogers goes out in the first quarter. But in the fourth quarter, when you got this thing wrapped up and you just want him to, you know, hand the ball off a couple times and take a couple knees, why not skip the number two guy, put Jordan Love out there? Just, just you know, just get a feel for what the what the turf feels like or something. I don't know, you know? It's not like we think he's going to mess it up. And we're not demoting Boyle. We're just saying, let's let the kid go out and hand the ball off three times and take a couple knees. If we actually need you to win a game, you're going in, not Love. But that that's the other thing I don't get. He's our number three quarterback. If you want Rodgers out, you're calling for Boyle. You're not calling for Jordan Love. They're not putting him in. And I, again, maybe I'm talking to four guys that have just got a really big megaphone and have got everybody all obsessed. Or again, it's, you know, high profile people that want to just trash the fan base and and make themselves sound smart and, you know, while everyone else is irrational that are picking on four crazy people. I don't know. But you got to stop, dude. The question of whether or not this this offensive system was going to work and whether Aaron Rodgers is going to work well within it, that's been answered. And again, the fact that so many people are looking at four unbelievable wins and one really bad loss and have decided that the way that they're going to analyze this is to say that the loss is what is most descriptive of the 2020 Green Bay Packers. We're going to disregard the four wins. Those don't count. We're going to look at this one loss, this one flukish loss in which the team played worse than, than, you know, I mean, they played better than this in 2019 on their worst day with the exception of the 49ers games. Technically, the 49ers game, just one of them. I don't, I don't understand that. And I don't understand that the dire need to force that narrative this is who the packers really are are you just that mad about it you that upset you can't control your emotions but it's not just that there's also this psychotic need all of a sudden to bring in outside talent again everything that i'm hearing and i'm not seeing it firsthand again so it it maybe it's just not happening and people are just lying and saying i don't know what's going on all i'm getting is messages from people saying why is everybody saying this but i don't actually see anybody saying it so I'm just I'm just missing it. I don't know. Maybe it's gotten to the point that the the PackerNet podcast folks are all kind of on the same page, and I'm I'm in my own little PackerNet podcast bubble now, where most of the people that listen to me think like me. I don't know, but the the basic narrative is this team is garbage. It's no good. We need to trade everybody away, tear it down, rebuild it. T- Jordan Love should take over. Also, somehow in that narrative, we need to bring in old, washed up players to help us win. I don't know how those. Again, maybe it's two separate people, not the same people. I'm not sure. They're both, or all three, really stupid strategies. Jordan Love would be a terrible quarterback. I'm optimistic he'll be a good quarterback one day, but you drop him in the middle of this with no understanding even of basic footwork, much less how to run this entire system, and and the amount of processing that goes in just pre-snap. What is the alignment telling Aaron Rodgers? Every single wide receiver, he needs to understand not just where they're going to be, but what that means based on the defensive alignment and what you're expecting from the defense. The defense... Basically, he's scouting them. They're all going to do X, Y, and Z. This guy's going to go here. This guy's going to go there. This guy's going to follow. And how each one of their routes interact with what they're doing. They're in zone, and this guy's going to blitz. That's going to leave a vacated area over there. While these are, That means that guy's going to have to drop and cover the vacated area, meaning this spot's going to be open. When this guy runs a little crossing route over here, he's going to draw down that one safety who's trying to fill that void, which means this guy who's running a post route is going to be open over the top. Right? Whatever. He's processing all of that. Which at the same time, this guy's blitzing. So I got to talk to my running back and say, hey, come over to this side. Watch this guy right here. He's coming in hot. If you don't know all that, if you're not seeing all that and reading all that, the defense is just going to destroy you. It's not just a matter of get the ball. We call a play and then and you look for the open guy, which is how I play Madden. I call a play that I like, has a high success rate. I don't really know why. You know, I mean, if it's third and short, I'll run. If it's, you know, third and 15, I'm passing. I can do that much. But I don't know, route concepts or any of this. It's just this one kind of makes sense, you know? Got all different guys in different portions of the field. And really, when I snap the ball, I'm just kind of looking around and looking around and looking around trying to see if anybody's open. Is anybody open? Is anybody open? That's not how Aaron Rodgers plays football. They're in this defense. They've got these couple wrinkles, which we've identified based on my hard count, getting some people to jump. I can see this guy's coming. Based on the fact that we put our guy in motion and, and they shift, but nobody follows. They're in zone coverage, not man coverage et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He breaks, the, he, his job before the snap is to identify what everybody's job is, how our offensive play call interacts with that defensive play call, meaning, by deduction, this guy should be open. If he's not, you come over here, this guy, you know, whatever. And then when you snap the ball and a couple guys, you know, the guy that you thought was coming ends up dropping, he's got to process very quickly what that means. That now means this guy, here, did, 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 this guy's open. In a split second, he's got to process that. Jordan Love isn't ready for that. It's not all just, yeah, but have you seen his throws on the run? Dude, got a great arm. Cool. Great. That'll help when it comes time to actually throw the ball. Who do you throw the ball to? Where and why? And when? Well, I don't know, but if he figures it out, he's going to throw a good ball. There's a lot for Jordan Love to learn yet. And I'm optimistic that whenever that happens, there's a chance he could be really, really good. But it's not going to be this Sunday. It's probably not going to be this year unless there's a bunch of injuries. So, look, we got to talk about more of the 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 craziness and and but the the bottom line is people need to relax at the end of the day similar to what i said i don't know yesterday or whatever day it was this is the green bay packers this is the 2020 green bay packers warts and all if you want to be upset about the bad things fine but at least be honest enough to be happy or optimistic about the good things it's not all or nothing just like it's not all positive and some people are over the top positive and everything's great and fine and fuzzy And that's not true There are good things, there are bad things. This team is capable of winning and winning big. This team is capable of losing and losing big. At their worst, they can lose to anybody. At their best, they can beat anybody. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) Something in my face, I was blowing it away. The team has the personnel. They just need to play better. They weren't prepared and that's a problem. The problem isn't we need outside help. The problem is we need to be prepared. Matt LaFleur needs to do a better job. Mike Patton especially needs to do a better job. Aaron Rodgers, the offensive line, the running backs, the wide receivers, defensive line, edge rushers, linebackers, corners, and safeties. Everybody needs to step it up a little bit. The only guy on this entire team, and, and granted, everybody has up and down days, but with Aaron Rodgers falling off, I think maybe David Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander are the only guys that have showed up every week. Might be missing somebody, I don't know. But that's about it. And again... Every elite player has up and down days, but the volatility is a little bit too crazy. And, and again, the biggest thing is we need premier players to act like premier players. And I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers, because again, this was a blip and I expect him to get back on track. I'll, I'll give him this one mulligan. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. But guys like Zadarius, guys like Preston, guys like Rashawn, guys like Darnell Savage, if, if you got a bunch of money and or are a first round pick, I expect better. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Zadarius Preston and Rashan, I expect better from all of you. I'm defending Rashan to a degree, especially since he's not getting any opportunities, which is wild to me because he still has the highest pressure rate of anybody. He had 10 snaps last week. Obviously, they just don't trust him to to do all the jobs that are in, you know needed by Mike Pettin because as a pass rusher, he still might be the best one on this team. And I know people that hate Rashan don't believe that because well, look at his stats. Zadarius had like 45 snaps last week compared to Rashan's 10, or, or I should say pass rush opportunities. He had a pressure on 10 attempts. That's not great, but it's 10%. Heck of a lot better than Preston and Kenny Clark and Zadarius and everybody else that was out there and had a ton of opportunities and did nothing with it. Kenny, by the way, is another one I expect a lot better from. The fact that Kingsley Kiki is our best defensive player last week, give me a break. No offense to Kingsley, I'm glad he's stepping up, but that's that's not good enough. We have the personnel. No question about it. Everybody we have is here. We don't need to go outside. We don't need Jordan Love for crying out loud. And yes, after the break, we're going to talk about all the other people for the five billionth time that we don't need. And again, it's always a wide receiver. Why is it always a wide receiver? What is the obsession with wide receivers? I don't understand it. I don't... What it When was the last time a team went out and got a wide receiver and just won a Super Bowl because of that wide receiver they picked up? Has that ever happened in the history of the universe? I mean, the Saints went out and got Emmanuel Sanders, and that's cool, and he was fine. It didn't move the needle at all. I mean, did they win one more game because of Emmanuel Sanders? I mean, it made him a better team, and he's a good wide receiver, which, by the way, I don't think anybody as good as Emmanuel Sanders is even available right now. But why is it we we act like wide receiver is basically like quarterback? Most important, according to fans, the most important position on a football team is wide receiver. It's like people just lay around dreaming of 50-yard passes to elite wide receivers that can't be covered. Go pick up a wide receiver with 4-2-2 speed and basically you have Calvin Johnson. I mean, what is the thought process here? I don't, I genuinely, genuinely do not understand. Anyways, we very quickly have to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about these things that are not going to happen. And then we got to move on, right? This is my one opportunity to address everybody that is acting a little crazy. And we're moving on after this. But we'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right, folks, is that time again? Time to talk about Iron Jock. Ironjock is a Wisconsin-based company that just launched their e-commerce platform, Ironjock.com. That's I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. They got polo shirts, vests, workout shirts, long and short sleeves, sweatshirts, shorts, socks and underwear, running jackets, hoodies, and pants. They've got their proprietary Enduratech uh fabric. The fabric is wicking and fast drying, breathable anti, static, and eliminates odor. They've also got Enduratech Pluck Plus, if I could talk in their uh, long pants shorts hoodies and running jackets which is water repellent this is high quality stuff it's really really comfortable if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe a little bit or at least just get yourself one nice piece of clothing aside from that raggedy nonsense you wear around the house 90 percent of the time if you're looking for something a little bit special check out IronJock i-r-o-n-j-o-c dot com right now but also let's not forget about my bookie with my bookie there's absolutely no shortage of games that we can watch and bet on they've got thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events you can turn game day into payday with my bookie game spreads championship futures player prop bets it's never too late to get in on the action start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash put that cash in your wallet or online virtual bank account of some sort so make sure you sign up at my bookie and when you do use promo code overtime and they're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to one thousand dollars. Sorry if you wanted to get your two thousand dollars match You're welcome to put two grand in there. You're only going to get thousand dollars in free money. So make sure you sign up at myBookie. When you do, use promo code Overtime to claim your free deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports, and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at myBookie. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. All right, so don't have a ton of time, but let's uh let's quickly look at the madness that has swept over us once again and i I really I, I gotta be honest, I'm getting beyond tired of this. It's almost as if everybody just has like amnesia, some kind of a mental disorder in which you don't remember stuff. could be one of a couple different things, but i I, I just I've done this same episode or at least episode segment I feel like a dozen times this year. Specifically with Antonio Brown. We've done this before. You don't remember this? Do you... I'm I'm being dead... Do you not remember this? The Packers are not interested in Antonio Brown. They're not interested in Antonio Brown. The I what has it been though? And I'm getting these guys confused. What was it the uh I mean, jeez, man. I mean, it's not just Antonio Brown. There there's other uh other people not quite as ridiculous as wanting Antonio Brown, but in 2018 this elite wide receiver was benched by his own team for being a psychopath. Yes, I said that. I know that's not nice. I don't care. He's a piece of trash and I don't care if I call him names. You realize what kind of sexual assault claims are against him, right? The stuff that he's done to people. I don't care. I'll call him crazy. I'm going to call him whatever I feel like. He's he's human garbage. He's crazy. Anyways, before we realized all this, in 2018, he was benched for being crazy. They decided to trade him to the Oakland Raiders. He went to the Oakland Raiders, and he was crazy. He burned his feet off. He acted like a crazy person. They tried to reason with him. They tried to talk with him. There were all kinds of crazy confrontations. And by the way, the only reason he went to Oakland is because they had actually made a deal with the Buffalo Bills. They were trading him to Buffalo. He went on social media and started trashing the Buffalo Bills, talking about, I'm not going there. So Buffalo backed out. So then he goes to Oakland. He burns his feet off. Then he has a hissy fit about what kind of helmet he wants to wear. Sorry, we have these new helmets. Nope, I need to wear my helmet or I'm not playing. And it was this whole big saga about a stupid helmet? And then he finds a helmet that he likes, and the NFL's like, nope, sorry, not good enough. So then he doesn't go to practice. He files grievance after grievance. Finally, he decides he's going to wear the helmet. Then he gets fined $54,000 for just not showing up to two practices, because, eh, he does whatever he wants. Then he goes and blasts it all over social media, because he wants to pick a fight with the GM. Look, I got fined. Then he got into a verbal altercation, burst into Mike Mayock's office, called Mike Mayock a cracker. All kinds of other stuff. He threatened to hit Mike Mayock. Had to be held back by several teammates, including Vontaze Burfict. When when Burfict, another crazy person, has to hold you back as you're being a little crazy, that's pretty crazy. Then he grabbed a football in Mayock's office and punted it. And he said, find me for that. Then he shows up at a meeting and makes an emotional apology. I mean, th- this guy's mentally unstable. He shows up, then starts crying, I'm so sorry. When he's, when he... When he got to Oakland, he's talking about, I'm going to make everything better. I'm going to be a, a, a force for good. I'm going to do all these things. Highs and lows and highs and lows and highs and lows and highs and lows. He's out of his mind. So after this big emotional apology, John Gruden comes out. and He's like, yep, all right, he's ready to play. We're, we're beyond all this. He's playing week one against Denver. Later that day, he says, I'm so excited to be on this team. I can't wait. We're going to go out there. We're going to do all these great things. The very next day, he demands to be traded. I want to be released. I want out of here. Then he gets fined $215,000 for trying to assault the GM of a football team. So then he goes to New England, gets more money. Then he gets, you know, accused of all kinds of sexual misconduct. Apparently nobody cares, and he continues playing for the Patriots. Then more allegations come out, and the Patriots cut him. Because he sexually assaulted somebody. Then the guy says, "You know what? I'm retiring. I'm never playing again. I'm not doing this anymore." Ba 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 ba. So September, he says, I'm done, I'm retiring. Then a couple days later, never mind, I'm unretired. Then July of this year, he says, I'm going to retire. July of this year, so let's see, July, August, September, October. So we're talking three months ago. He said he's, he implied that he's going to retire again. But then a few days later, says he wants to play again. And then later on in July, he gets suspended for the first eight weeks of the season for multiple violations of the league's personal conduct policy. And we've got Packer fans banging the drum, going nuts. we got to get this guy. The Green Bay Packers want nothing to do with Antonio Brown. He is horrifically toxic. He's out of his mind. He's violent. He's a literal danger to teammates, to staff, to women in general, apparently. He's a manipulative, horrible predator of a human being. I don't want him anywhere near Green Bay, Wisconsin. He needs psychiatric treatment. This is a guy who got in trouble for tossing furniture out of a 14th floor apartment window, nearly hitting a 22-month-old child on the patio. He got cited for speeding in excess of 100 miles an hour along a suburban highway. A former trainer uh, alleged sexual assault three times, up to and including rape. Not just, like, unnecessary text messages. Literal rape. Then a second woman accused him of misconduct. He was sued for unpaid fees to a doctor. The police department in his hometown want nothing to do with him and kicked him off of the youth league. We actually returned his money. Thanks for the donation, but no thanks, crazy person. Brown and an accomplished attacked a moving truck driver. The trainer was arrested. A warrant for Brown's arrest was issued days later with felony battery and burglary charges. He was charged with felony burglary of a vehicle, misdemeanor battery, and misdemeanor criminal mischief. Even if I believed he was still as good as a wide receiver as he used to be, there are some things that are more important than football. This guy should never be in the NFL again. He should never be associated with I mean, with a lot of people. Anybody he's associated with should break ties with him. He needs time to be alone, away from people, getting psychiatric treatment. So for the 5 billionth time, no, I don't want Antonio Brown. No, the Packers don't want Antonio Brown. I don't care how many screenshots you show me of the Packers leading in, in the odds of getting Antonio Brown, because that's simply people looking at who needs a wide receiver the most, who would benefit the most, and they look at and they go, oh, dude, Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown and that offense, despite, you know considering how much of a need they have and how great that's going to be and all these things, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah, when you just isolate those things outright. But every time there's a wide receiver available and they go to Vegas and say who has the best odds, the Packers are always at the top of those odds. And guess how many times the Packers actually call and bring that wide receiver in? How about zero? This is at least the third time we've had to talk about Antonio Brown. I'm done with it. I'm over it. I'm tired of talking about it. The Packers don't want anything to do with him, and rightly so. And shame on any team that's picking up the phone and calling this guy for their services. He's not going to fix anything. Nothing. And then, of course, there's John Ross and A.J. Green. I believe I talked about A.J. Green yesterday. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I used to be 100% in on A.J. Green. My whole thing was the guy's never been bad. We forget about him because he's been out of the league and he has injury issues or whatever, but the guy just continues to play well. He has not been good this year. It's over. It's over. Right? It's a good thing the Packers didn't call him. I'm glad because apparently it's just, I mean, at some point the wheels fall off and it appears to have fallen off. And the John Ross thing, again, I don't want to spend a lot of time because I think I may have talked about it yesterday. The guy runs like a 4-2-2. He's blazing fast. And everybody thinks that that means he's going to come over here and do great. No, it doesn't. He's a terrible wide receiver. Again, you can't just draft for speed. People look at it and say, we got to get a guy like John Ross because he runs super fast. That's why he got drafted as early as he did because he's got elite speed. The problem is he's not a good wide receiver. And again, for those who would say, well, it's because he's a Bengal, explain A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, who produce. They've had great wide receivers over there, despite the quarterback play, despite the offensive line play, the uh, head coach, offensive coordinator, despite all the problems that they might have. Weapons have gone there and thrived. Joe Mixon has been quite good over there. Tyler Eifert, when he was healthy, was a good target over there. The only guy that's been complete trash seems to be John Ross. But he runs fast. And look, it's not impossible that, that you know, Matt LaFleur is the kind of guy that can use these people. You know, it's like Tyler uh, Swerve and Irvin, right? Maybe. And and believe me, if we decide to trade for John Ross, I'm going to be excited because I have to assume it's not based on the fact that he's a good wide receiver. It's based on the fact that Matt LaFleur feels he knows how to utilize that kind of speed. Maybe he's the jet sweep guy. In that case, fine. But that's, that's entirely up to Matt LaFleur. That's not my call. Just on a general... In, in a general sense, though, should we go out and get John Ross because he's fast and we need help at wide receiver? No. Because based on what he's been in Cincinnati, he would come here and be one of our worst wide receivers. If Matt LaFleur feels that he can utilize his talents differently than Cincinnati did in a way that, that we could use him and that he would produce unlike what he did in Cincinnati, fine. But I, I'm not going to project that. That's going to be simply if we trade for him, then it was a good trade. If we don't, then it wasn't. Right? It, it's kind of like a lame cop-out, but that's just kind of how I view it. Only do it if you have a different way to utilize him that you think will utilize your scheme, um, that that he can thrive in your scheme, whereas he couldn't in Cincinnati. But basically trying to use him like we tried to use Trevor Davis, where he's fast, line him up and make him run in a straight line, that doesn't work. It just doesn't. I mean, we got MVS that can do that same thing. He's not quite as fast, but but adding more speed doesn't change the, the dynamic. It just doesn't. MVS is faster than the corner. That's the bottom line. He can stretch the defense out. That's the whole point. We already got a guy that can do that. It's can we do something else? Anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.